0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. If you're watching from Justin Lee's house uh, YouTube channel, uh, welcome to his uh, YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. If you're watching from any of my other social media platforms, welcome as well. You know what? You know the drill here. You know what we do. But go ahead and subscribe, like all our content, share all, all of our content on all our social media platforms, our, our YouTube videos, watch all our videos. Like those videos, comment what you think, give us feedback. But anyways, we got a treat for you today again. We're back at it again with the book of Revelations chapter 22. It's the last chapter, the last book in the Bible. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be breaking down verses four through seven, I think, today. Hopefully we can get through four through seven in, in an expedient amount of time. But we'll see what happens. Me and Justin be having a lot of fun. I, I don't know what I would do without Justin, man. This guy helps me out with so many of my videos, man. appreciate you, Justin. All right, but um, yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into it. So uh, for uh, introduction for the book of Revelations, chapter 22, like I said, it is the last chapter in the book of the Bible. Like it tells you, it talks about the eternal state, how life's going to be in the end, right? And how it's going to be in glory and the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth, right? So it's a preview. It's a uh it's a like a movie preview. It's giving us a preview of what life is gonna be like in heaven. Does it tell us all the details? No, like for example, it doesn't tell us what we would be doing actually in service to God and how we're gonna actually be serving him. But I mean the Bible gives us pretty good indication of that. But Justin, did you want to give a, a little intro as well?
1: Um not too much from uh just I'm glad we're actually able to make a lot of parallel how, how this is bringing it full circle from Genesis, like we of uh, uh, receiving a new place, a new Eden, a new Jerusalem, it's breaking curves throughout the Bible. So it's just a lot of what we have to look forward to in the long marathon that Paul's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's been a very poetic Bible.
0: Right, right. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it, guys. So, again, we're starting off with Revelations chapter uh, 22, verses 4 through 7. And I'm going to read verses 4 through 7, but then after that, we're going to go verse by verse and just break these verses down. And make sure when you get time, go to my YouTube channel, Upload past Crossroads, go to my playlist. And then you'll see that I have a playlist titled uh, Revelations chapter 22. All you got to do is scroll all the way down. I got a lot of playlists. I'm going to have even more in the future. But you can you can listen to all the sermons, the Bible studies, all the uh, future animations when I do that uh, on the book of Revelations 22. So, me and Justin, we've been tearing this up. So, yeah, I just want you guys to know that. So, go to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads for that. All right, so let's read these verses real quick. Let me. Activate a slideshow for you. So it's really big. All right. And they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must be done shortly. And then the last version, Revelation 22, verse 7, behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sands of the prophecy of this book. All right, so let's break down. Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads.
1: Yeah, I like this one because it's just showing ownership uh, of of like pretty pretty much God. Like, so far we've talked about Jerusalem looks like. We've been talking about measurements. We've been talking about what it looks like. But two, like, uh, this is Eden. Like, Eden is not just supposed to. Why did God create the earth and the beautiful garden? It was so he could gift it to his image. So he could gift it to Adam and Eve. Um, so, Now we're actually the inhabitants, and we alluded a little bit to the inhabitants, like in verses one through three, the streams of water. And we were talking about the uh fruit of the uh, like, those are obviously meant for whoever is going to be living there, but we yet now, but now we're really talking about okay, who's living here, who are the inhabitants, whoever wants to be there, they're actually. Um, their children um, and that's evidenced by having their names on their uh, like verses I've mentioned already that we're no longer orphans by God like we're his sons and daughters and that has a lot of significance for it. it's not it, it doesn't just mean oh they're like a Son to me, or like um back then, when you were adopted into the family, like you were suddenly parents. Like inheritance is a huge part in the Bible, like in biblical times, because like that's all you got. Like you see so many stories, like like uh uh, Esau and his brother, and, and uh like who whoever got his father's blessings, or blanking on some of them, Oh, or the prodigal, his inheritance from his father, which is something you don't ask for. That's like something like or after the parent dies, but like there are so many stories about inheritance because it's an important thing. So in this context as well, like as being owned by God or as the children of God is very important. Because that means the land that he has, this new Eden, this new Jerusalem he has, is like not something to be taken lightly. We've built up this whole book. Like, this is the whole book on what this new place is going to be. The final battle, the final rest is at the end of everything, at the end of this race. And it's all for us to inhabit it with God. Like, putting out the names on the forehead is, is no small thing it's a huge inheritance that we have so i like that we're finally tying it into part of this picture like this is our, our gift mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'm gonna go ahead and just go with where you're at uh well i want to say it this first like commentators and preachers and just people that study the bible they debate on what this verse really means. So the verse we just read was Revelation 22, verse 4. It says, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Like, So one way of looking at this is we'll be able to see Jesus face to face because we have risen bodies, so we can't die, right? There's no more death like we read in Revelation 21, like verse 7. There's no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more anything. It's like verse 8 or 7, somewhere around there, right? And then... um, so that's one way of looking at it, and that's beautiful because we know Moses yearned to see God's face in the Old Testament, right? But God said, "No, you can't see my face because you'll die if you see it." And then there's other times in the in the Bible that it said the same thing, right? So it's beautiful that we'll finally be able to see Jesus face to face. It said in Revelation 22 verse 4, what we just read, and they shall see his face, right? That is beautiful, right? So if that's true, that's amazing, right? So. Yeah. The closest anyone has come to seeing God through is through Jesus Christ, though, like as of right now, that's the, the Jesus is the image, the epitome. He is God. Right. So if we want to know who God is, that's that's what we have always depended on. But here is saying that we'll be able to see him face to face. Right. So that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is is. Uh, well, before I even go there, that, that goes with the Old Testament again, right? So, like, we did the tabernacle study a lot, and we always referencing it now, Justin. I'm pretty sure you referenced it a lot too in just conversation now. So, we know that the veil was up, keeping everybody from the holy place, right? From the holies of holies. There's a veil in between the holy place and then the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence actually dwelt. And, like, only the high priest could go in there, right? But we see through Revelations 21, and Revelation 22, we've been talking about this like crazy. And what we see is all of heaven is made of gold. That's one thing, right? So that means all of heaven is the the holy place, right? There's no churches there, there's no sanctuaries, there's no temple. Why? Because it said that the God and the Lamb are in it. In Revelation 21 and 22, it says the God and the Lamb are in it. So we already have everything we need like so the temple is already there he is the temple we are the temple mm-hmm. the whole thing is so like so uh in saying that uh there's no more veil right we're right there where god is the veil's been torn like i said in the new testament when jesus died on the cross right is that when the veil was torn um mm-hmm. so, do you remember I, I don't really know that story that well but uh the veil yeah, was I- torn right so <laughs> But anyways, it's all pointing towards this, like, you know, it's pointing towards a time where there will be no more veil. There's be nothing separating us from Jesus. And that's one of the main points I want to say in the future world, all barriers and veils will be removed and glorified saints will see God in his fullness. Like this is the whole point of that verse. Like it doesn't matter how you flip it. So one way of looking at it is with our resurrected bodies, we'll be able to see. God face to face so in the new jerusalem the saints will be able to see his face the redeemed of all ages everybody say who occupied the new jerusalem will get to experience this everybody else who are wicked who are evildoers who didn't accept jesus christ as his lord and savior all that stuff people who wanted to evil in the world to just run rampant right all them people ain't gonna be there they'll be throwing a like a fire all right let's keep on going the second way of looking at it is uh people say uh with this verse just our mental faculties so our the way that we'll see everything will be enlarged, right? There'll be no and Paul kind of said that. He said that in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. One of my favorite verses. He said, "For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face," right? Face to face. So now we see through a glass darkly. Back in that time period, they didn't have mirrors like we got. They their mirrors were was metal. Their mirrors were was awful. Like they could barely see themselves like the other all the reflections were distorted just like uh like i used to always look at myself in a desk in elementary school you know how we had those desks and it was metal on the sides of it right <laughs> on, on the side of the desk that you have to sit at in elementary school and middle school and i used to always look at myself and i was I always disfigured i couldn't really see myself and this is what paul's saying he's saying for now we see through a class darkly so we can. Com- Barely see our reflection the way we should. We barely see anything the way we should. But then we'll see face to face. This is what Paul was prophesying. He said, "Now I know in part." So all of us only know in part. Every everybody, I don't care how much knowledge you got. I don't care if you know everything about science. I don't care if you know everything about basketball. I don't care if you know everything about mathematics. I don't care if you know everything there's to know about the earth. Or I don't care. None of us know what Jesus knows. None of us knows what God knows. So Mm -hmm. we only know in part, like Paul says. So. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. So, like, when we're there, man, the second way of looking at this verse is just basically our, uh, yeah, our mental faculties shall be so enlarged so that they will, they shall be enabled to look into the very heart and soul and character of Christ so as to understand him, his work, his love, his all in all. As they never understood them before, so basically we'll just be able to see things from a different perspective. We'll be able to—they say that when we're in heaven, we'll be able to see everybody and know who they are instantly. Like it'll be instant knowledge. We don't gotta like search for it, right? So, and, mm. but we'll still be able to grow, right? Because we'll be there for eternity. We don't—we're not gonna know what God knows. So that's another way of looking at it, right? So, uh, yeah. Did you have anything else, Justin? So those are two different ways. Yeah,
1: like the—I was gonna talk about the face. Though too, yeah, yeah, because like yeah, as you as you were mentioning, like different parts of the body, you're saying like we can't see the face of God. Like, maybe God can even like be allowed to directly see God. So like, this is honor. This is finally like a um, almost a completion. Like, like, this is the ultimate. Well, no pun intended. Face to face to God to finally be about how. Um, the great part about heaven isn't the gold or the water of life. It's going to be that we're going to be sustained. God, like permanently. And I think seeing his face is like just the life.
0: Right. Yeah, man. Like it's so much to take away from this. Like there's, That's the debate, like, what does face-to-face mean, right? But that's not important. The whole entire point of verse 4 is just that, you know, the greatest glory and part of heaven will be to know God, to know Jesus more intimately and wonderfully than we ever could on earth. Like, in some Mm -hmm. of the stuff I was reading said, like, you know, the saints in heaven shall have more knowledge of Christ than the most advanced below. So the people who know the Bible better than they know everything on earth, like, better than anybody. And there's very few people, because I don't care how much you study the Bible, you're just not going to know it like that. Because again, we only know in part, like Paul said, right? We haven't seen yeah. Christ fully. We're not, we don't, we haven't seen him face to face. So we can only get so much. There's so much to learn, guys, right? So like the babe in heaven, so somebody that's been in heaven for a single hour will know more than somebody who just, who knew everything about the Bible and everything about God, you know, inserted him them even here on earth, like. So somebody had only been in heaven for an hour, but no way more. So this is the beautifulness in the cream, dead de cream, whatever that's saying is the chief blessing of heaven. Like this is it. Like to know, to look at Christ and and look, at, and look into his face and, and be well acquainted with his with his work, his character, his office, his person. Like this, man, this is a promise, man. This is crazy. Like this is, this is the end right here. This is how it's going to be in the internal state seeing Jesus face to face, like, so this is exciting, you know, get everybody excited, you know, so. Oh, and something else I want to say too, Justin, you know, a lot of, like that verse said with Paul, you know, we only see through a glass darkly and we only know in part, right? So right now on this earth, we only, everything obscures and messes up our vision of Jesus, like in a way, right? Because everybody has an opinion, everybody has, An agenda, like some people have different motives, like you know what I mean? And so, what if some of the stuff that we have always became uh have we some of the stuff that we've been taught and we believe? What if we're wrong, right? Because we only know in part, right? (laughs) And if we're being honest, there's so much about the Bible you can get wrong, right? So (laughs) you're not right about everything. So yeah, when we see Jesus uh clearly. We'll be able to see him clearly because there'll be sin will be done away with, like I said in the previous chapter. Like there'll be no more sin, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. You know, we'll be able to see Jesus more clearly because care and worry are gone, right? So we won't be distracted anymore. There'll be no more idols, idols will even be done away with. Everything will be centered on Jesus. Like this life right now isn't like that, right? Every single day, you got work, you got family, you got stuff that gets in the way. Of you focusing and seeing Jesus clearly, but in heaven, everything else that was distracting you from having Jesus as the center of your life will be gone. This is a new world order, like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, any yeah that, that's one of my main points. I didn't even say it. In that day, there will be nothing that obscures our vision of Jesus any longer, right? Mm. So, well, yeah, I like it's, that. Yeah, yeah, There's so much to say about that man, but I want to talk about the. Uh, Oh, Did you have
1: anything else, Justin? Yeah, what you were saying, like, how everything in heaven is just transparent, it's clear, like, like so far we've been, man, how thick were those walls? Like, we were, we estimated, like, the walls were miles. Um, John was saying they were as clear as glass, and the water was, was, like, so pure you could see all the way through it. But, man, and yeah i i like how you see see jesus and see the face of god like, like every nothing is hidden and i think further, further to talk about how the night has been abolished there's no more night there's no more darkness everything is clear i like how you, you i like how you connected that too i didn't even, even think about that
0: yeah yeah i want to do this too so i want to talk about the uh the miter. <laughs> Let me hear Google say miter. it. Uh-huh. Miter. <laughs> all right. So when me and Justin was going through the book of Exodus for a Bible study with some friends, um, it literally painted verse four's picture to to a whole different light. Like we've been saying all through Revelations 21, 22, through our Bible study together, that we've been saying that all the Bible is coming together in the last two chapters of the Bible. Like even the whole book of Revelation, revelations like every story you know every the old testament and new is all being it's all in the new jerusalem it's all in the in the new uh heaven and the new earth so we see it right and it's reiterating itself like crazy so yeah god doesn't waste anything like there's so many ways stuff to take away from that but let's talk about revelations 21 i mean 22 verse 4 again let me pull up the verse uh just to make sure we're at a good point all right and they shall see his face and we talked about that and his name shall be in their foreheads right so that part right there his name shall be in their foreheads all right so um yeah so with this verse justin just said it he already said it earlier he said that you know we were bought with a price right so just with that mark his mark shall be on their foreheads i take that as like the mark of the beast Right, you either got the mark of the beast or you got the mark of Christ on you, right? So that's the whole book of Revelations, again, talking about the end times period, tribulation period, all that stuff, right? So that's, but then also like, if you're a true child of God, you know, you're God's possession. God owns you, right? You're you're owned by God. Like you are marked with a price. I think that's a verse. Yeah, it is. So uh, you were bought with a price. That's what I was trying to say. So in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23, it says, you were bought with a price. Be ye not servants of men right? How many people live their lives to please men? How many people live their lives for men and to live their lives pleasing themselves, basically. Like, you're trying to please man, You're trying to please yourself. You live for the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the lust of life, all that stuff. Like, you don't even seek the Lord first with all your heart, right? That's some so many scripture verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like, you don't serve the Lord with your heart, mind, and soul. Like, that's a lot. He's asking for everything. God demands everything from us. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to be lukewarm, like it says in the Book of Revelation, like First Corinthians six verse nineteen to twenty. Like me and Justin did studies on the Book of First Corinthians, like and it's just coming together. Like it says uh, in First Corinthians chapter six verse nineteen to twenty, what know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You're you're not your own. Some many people live like your life's your own. You for you ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God gave you life. So what are you talking about? You know, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I want to. What? God gave you breath. Don't waste the breath that God's giving you. God got you living for a reason. Live for that reason. Like you don't get to choose. You're not the captain of your own soul. You're not the captain of your own dictator, your own life. Like what? Like you, you follow and obey God. You're a servant of the Lord. Like how many people don't, See, if you don't think you're a servant of the Lord, that means he ain't the Lord, right? If he's Lord and Savior. He can't just save you. He has to be your Lord of your life, too. He got to be over your whole life, right? So, so no, so many people don't live like that, right? And this is what that verse is talking about, man. His name shall be on their foreheads, in their foreheads. That's so powerful because, like, you know, do you renew your mind, right? It's, it breaks it down on so many levels, like, you know, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. You're a living sacrifice to God. You're holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is reasonable, right? God gave you life. He gave you breath. He gave you everything. Everything you have, you didn't get on your own. This is what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, everybody in Corinthians got all puffed up and said, man, we got this ourselves, man. Our spiritual gifts, man, we're bad. Oh man, we, I could preach, man. I could speak a tongue and Paul. And I could do miracles. Paul was like, Man, you better calm down. He's like, You can only do those things because God gave you those things to do. Why are you boasting about anything? Why are you boasting about being a follower of Peter? Why are you boasting about being a follower of Paulus? Why are you boasting to be a follower of Jesus? That's great if being a follower of Jesus is the best, right? But why are you boasting about it and making it seem like you're better than other people? Because of God, you only got it because of God, not because of anything you did. And that's how some people live, man so you need to continually transform your not your mind and renew your mind you know so it's that's god's perfect will for you like you you guys know the verse i'm not gonna break it down so like let me uh justin if you had anything else go ahead man because <laughs> i was there's so much to say with that i don't know
1: i don't have anything else until like a little bit later but yeah that's um yeah the uh the price that was paid though as well because like this is like we haven't even, like, gone through, like, all the earlier 20, 21 chapters of Revelation. Like, God, God doesn't just bring Eden out of the blue. Like, he could know, like, the earth's already contaminated. There's still, like, the, like, the, the um, angel, like, the fallen angels to contend to. There's just a lot that went in and skipped to the end, and so we don't see all the work, but like there it's just like, like throughout the bible you see god, god has had to clean up like a lot of uh, sometimes like on bigger scales than others like um like the the great uh completely remove the egypt or out of, out of slavery or out of bondage like sometimes he just has to start from scratch the final destination for all of us as well. And it was not easy. There was like so many this is not not to be taken uh lightly. And like this is even though God is giving us all this, like what do we do with this information? Like what do we do to the result? Like we uh like we can't be like the Corinthians and like say, oh man, like we deserve uh um, that's like very millennial thinking. And I think that's <laughs> the term, but like uh, Paul had put that, that we do, we are given this through but we still continue to act out of obedience as if we didn't have it at all. We'll put our best foot forward. Like, we don't get lazy about this. We never earn this ourselves, but we need to work like we have to earn it. Yeah. Like, we have to lead the lives so, so one day we truly can be called children of God,
0: yeah, yeah, man. Let me, I'm gonna break this down. So, so guys, right now we're still on Revelations 22, verse 4, right? So, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead. So, and his name shall be in this forehead. So, I want you guys to see this. this. This is the whole Bible is coming together in the book of Revelations 22, like we've been talking about. So, Exodus 28, verse 36 to 38. I'm gonna read it, I doubt you guys can see it that good. But the quality sucks when it converts mm-hmm. over to YouTube, but let's just talk about it. So, uh, and they shall make a plate of pure gold, engrave it upon it. So, God called some people to do certain things when it comes to building the tabernacle. That's the whole book of Exodus, essentially. Like, God wanted to be closer to the Israelites, He wanted to be closer to the people, so He told them to make and do certain things to make a place where he can dwell, where his parents, where where his presence can be, so he can be as close as possible with his people. And that's what he wants for us. He wants to be as close as possible for you. So they made a tent, and and they had they they had to have like an engraver, so somebody to like do certain things to engrave images, to make it sculpted, sculpt things to be a certain way and stuff like that. So let's read this verse. So this is one of the things he sculpted, right? So and they shall make a plate of pure gold, engrave it upon it, like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord, right? So what 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 is that? So and thou shalt put it on a blue lace that it may be upon the mitre, upon the forefront of the mitre, it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which, is, which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts, and it shall be always upon his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. So I want you guys to see what it looks like. But basically, the high priest, so Aaron, he had to have something on his forehead, and it was engraved, right? Like it says in verse 36, with a signet, and the signet said, holiness to the Lord. Written on his forehead, and it was made of gold, right? So, this thing on his forehead was made of gold on Aaron's forehead, yeah. It should be upon his forehead, and they shall be accepted before the Lord, right? So, in order to be accepted before the Lord, you got to be holy, right? That's what it said. This is how the high priest was holy, right? Because he had holiness unto the Lord, his life was dedicated to the Lord. So, that remind me of like Samuel in the Bible. I remember when Hannah was barren. It's Hannah Peninnah, right? Hannah prayed for a kid and prayed if God gave her a kid that she would dedicate him to the Lord, right? His life will be solely focused on serving God. So as soon as Samuel was born, Hannah's a child that God gave her because she was bearing all her life until she prayed that prayer. So when Samuel was born, he was a high priest, given to the high priest to dedicate his whole entire life to the way of serving the Lord like the Levites did. That's, that's the kicker. He was a Levite, right? So his whole life was doing stuff in the temple. He well, he didn't get to celebrate and party and live like the rest of the world. He had to dedicate his whole entire life to holiness to the Lord, right? <laughs> so Hannah sacrificed and dedicated Samuel to the Lord. This is how he should be living, you know, be holy for I am holy. This is a promise of God, 1 Peter 1.16. It says that in other verses as well. But I want you guys to see it. Like I still haven't showed it yet but um it looks like this is what the high priest looked like and he just has something on his forehead and it says holiness to the lord i got it right here this is a better picture right here so it's something like that right so let me keep on talking about it man there's just so much to talk about with that so on their foreheads was written that right so yeah aaron yeah aaron was reminded every single time he wore this that you know he's supposed to live for god you know he's He's supposed to be holy like God is holy cuz God is holy. God starts it off, right? So all all who do God's work must have this engraving on their foreheads, right? So this is how you should be living and going about in life. So you saw it said that it was signet on their foreheads, right? So let me talk about that, and break that down real quick. What is a signet? A signet ring. So priests used to write their they used to have signets that they put on letters and they had signets that they put on rings, right? What is a signet, man? It's a form of identification. uh, Identification is to give personal authority to somebody, right? It's a seal. It lets everybody know who you are and where you're from and who who you come from and all that stuff, right? So it's a family emblem, right? It symbolizes a connection with something or someone, right? A signet, right? (laughs) So if you have the signet of God on your forehead, saying holiness to God, right? That means God marks you right? God's marks on you, right? So that means uh, this mark must be so deep and durable that paint can't wash it off. It's engraving on you, right? Engraving doesn't just go away. It's there forever once they make it and the graver puts it on there. So that means trouble can't wash, trouble can't change your mind. You know, it's sincere and lasting and unmovable, right? So it's something that sustains and that's going to be last forever. Like, there's so much to say about that, but that's all you need to know, guys. Like, if something's written on your forehead, that means you're consecrated to God, right? So that means you can't be polluted. You can't be uh, saturated with anything else but soaked and wet and dripping with all the love of God and all of God on you, right? So this is what that verse is saying, man. Like, what that, what that verse say again? His name shall be in their foreheads, so Revelation 22, 24, verse 4. So yeah, I had other stuff to say with that, but I've been on that forever, man. I'm, I'm done with that verse now, just so. To... You ready for five? Yeah. All right. Let me share my screen and read this verse. All right. And they and there shall be no more night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever.
1: Man, I really like that. It touched on what you were already saying. Like the night has already been demolished. there can't hide anywhere. Like everything's just going to be out in, in the open, which is really weird. That this with, with the state of the world that we live in, we know, know that everyone has their own agenda. We know some like we never get. Up all the information for stuff like something it's something as big as government or politics or something as small as just like personal relation is completely 100 um vulnerable like we have no choice like everything everything comes to light and i like how god is that light like everything in heaven has to sustain off of him We have to depend on uh, God just to be able able to see, like, for the amazing, though, because like, that's going to be all of his glory. Like, just because of how glorious he was, he had to see, like, trails of his glory. But now we're going to see, like, the glory of God that's going to provide the light forever.
0: Yeah. Man, this verse is so powerful, because it says it multiple times in Revelation 21, and now it says it again in Revelation 22. I think it says it multiple times in Revelation 22, too. Um, But um, yeah, guys, like, okay, so Revelation 22, verse 5, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Like, It says that there's no night there. So we've been saying all throughout my YouTube channel and Justin's YouTube channel that God speaks through creation. So there's much we can learn from God's creation, right? Creation is a canvas on which God has painted his character. You guys get that? (laughs) All the creation points to the creator, points to God. So God is speaking through creation. So what is God saying through darkness? Because he's saying something through darkness. What is God saying through light, right? They talk, it's light and darkness symbolize and talks about different things, right? Why is there no darkness in heaven? And why is there only light? And why is God the light? And why is nothing else the light? And not just God. Jesus is the light too. Fun fact. Like, if you ever doubted Jesus is God, like, you shouldn't because Revelation 21, 23 talks about the same thing. It says, in the gates of it shall not be shut all day. Why? For there shall be no night there. Right? And then Revelation 21, verse 23, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof. So God is the light. It said for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof. So Jesus and God are both the light, right? So like, <laughs> cause they're both one, they're sharing the throne, right? It's, mm-hmm. They're both God, right? So you can't separate the two. Right. So this is probably why we can see God face to face, because Jesus is God. He is the light, too. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe God is light. I don't know. So like, you know, so but that's just something we'll figure out when we get there. Right. So let's talk about darkness. Oh, no, before I even go there, it said that the in the gates of it shall not be shut all day. for there's no night there. That is so powerful. What? what no night. Like, come on. Back in the olden time periods, nighttime was in the time you go out. They had to all be in their houses, in their homes. Like they had to close the gates of the city. They had to lock down the city basically at night because that's where robbers would come. That's where wickedness would happen. That's where bad things would happen in the night, right? So what is darkness symbolize in the Bible? It's all that's negative, all that's harmful, evil, and fearful, right? You know, despair, total absence of light. So total absence of God, wickedness, right? So everything... Was pitch darkness before God spoke? Right. It said that everything was darkness in the book of Genesis at the very beginning. Was all darkness. It was nothing. It was nothingness. Right. I want you guys to remember that because we're gonna talk about that again. But then light comes. Why? Because God made light. He is light. How many times in the Bible does it say God is light? Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." Right. He is the light. The Word of God is the light of the world. Right. It, it, it's God's words. So, like, if it comes from God and God's speaking, it's light, right? It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. All right, let's talk about light. What does light symbolize? It symbolizes holiness, goodness, wisdom, grace, hope, God's revelation, God himself, right? The seven I am, I'm the light. Like I said, it comes from God, it is God. So creation should and will lead you closer to God if you are listening, paying attention, and you're open to what? He's trying to say, and what you're seeing, right? You gotta pay attention to what God's trying to say through creation. So heaven will be a place where the darkness of this age will be gone forever. So no more fake lights, no more artificial lights, man. Like how much fake light sources are there? That light sources that don't last. You got continually change light bulbs? Are you kidding me? Like. <laughs> You're not gonna do that with God, like (laughs) so you know this this light source we just saw in Revelations 21, 23, and Revelations 22 verse 5, and in Revelations uh 21 verse 25. Like, dude, like there's no artificial light, it doesn't even come from the sun anymore or anyone else. The light is God Himself and the Lamb Himself, right? That is so powerful, right? So, and there'd be no need for a candle. Right, so basically, no need for a flashlight in daytime. No, no need for a lamp. No need for a ceiling ceiling light. You don't need it. You don't need anything, right? So these are secondhand lights. second hand lights, you know, hand me down lights. God's the best light you can have, right? <laughs> He's the best kind of light source anybody can have, right? He's the pure light, like we see in heaven. We've been talking about all through the Book of Revelations how everything's perfected. Justin just mentioned how the the, we said in the last time, last time we talked with Revelation 21, that all the, the gold that's there is pure gold. You can see through the gold. What gold on earth can you see through like that? It's perfect. It's righteous. It's holiness. It's without blemish. That's that's the only time you get gold like that, right? So this light source is different than every other light source that you have ever seen. We ain't never seen a light source like this. This is probably why we can't see God face to face, because this light source is so perfect. So there'll be no night there because God's lighting it up. Like, so I, I can't even describe that. Nobody can. We, we got to experience it. So yeah, God will give the cities and habitants, all the light that they need basking in the light of God. They shall reign forever and ever. And I said, basking in the light of God, man, like Justin, I haven't talked about this yet, but like Proverbs 30 verse 26 with the conies. I don't think I mentioned this with you yet. Maybe I have, but like with let me show you what a coney look like guys. So like, In Revelations 30, verse 24 and 26, it says four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. So the four things are the ants, the rock badgers or conies or hyraxes, whatever term you want to use. It was a spider or a lizard. They change it in different Bible versions. And it was a fourth one. Uh, But either way it goes, there's four things that are exceedingly wise on the earth. And we can learn a lot through God's creation. God's trying to tell us how to live. So he says how we're supposed to live. Uh, when it comes to a coney, this is what a coney looks like, guys. Like a coney is basically that is not a coney. <laughs> a coney is basically a little bunny, a little guinea pig, a little rabbit, but it lives in the mountains. It lives in the rocks, right? So it mentioned it a few times in the Bible. This is a coney. You'll see him in the high 90-degree slopes on rocks and stuff. But how they start off their day is they just bask in the sun. That's all they do. Every single day they just bask in the sun to start off the day. And i think to even end out their day they do that right and they do it uh to charge themselves up to to renew themselves to get fully charged to, for the day. and for and yeah it's for today because it's the sun right so there's the sun in heaven and this is what we're going to be doing right like just like the conies charging ourselves up why because isaiah 40 verse 31 but those who hope in the lord so if you hope in the lord you'll be in a new jerusalem right will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So like Jesus, every single day, you can see that in some scripture verses, it said that Jesus went afar off and he just went to himself to get charged up. Like it was in the morning or evening, Jesus would just go away, far away, and he'll be praying, right? He'll be charging himself up, just like we see that the conies do. They start every single day. So do you do that, basically? This is life application. Do you bask in the sun? The sun is Jesus. The sun is God, the light of the world, right? So, like, Is that how you start off your day? Are you fully charged now or do you feel weary? There's a reason why you feel weary. Is God your son? Like, do you bask in him? And if you're not fully charged, if you're weary, you need to get charged up right now. And like, there's so many fun facts to say about the sun, man, that I didn't know before, but it's crazy. I knew some of them, but I didn't put it together with this lesson. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But Justin, do you have anything else? I'm talking forever, man
1: good yeah i it's um yeah i'm i'm trying to because we were talking i know in early earlier talking about like the concept of light sometimes not everyone sees the same thing or like light they are received by our eyes in different ways like how i perceive like how you perceive colors and the thing is like we would never know, like what the difference is because, we, you know, but this place is supposed to be so pure. And I know, like how you put it, like the light illuminating. Like, like there's nothing to hide. That we we just see everything, like including God. It just amazes me, like the the transparency of this, this new kingdom as well, as it's being made. But man, it's like the atmosphere. It's the light. It's the glory that's shining. I think that, like that's that just seems so powerful as well. Like it's like the very atmosphere of this. it uh, itself is shaken to its. I just can't wait to actually be like new creations. Like when we're new creations, we can't be sold corrupted stuff. Man, we have to like live off of like the pure stuff, the good good stuff. Like this is a perfect paradise, and I feel like. Twenty-two is trying to bring out perfect it is to to the fullest. Like I'm, I don't know. I I'm not even sure if John was able to put everything in. How can you expect something, something perfect to be put in to be the temporary minds that we have? But yeah. I think he does. Like it does a pretty good job here and how clear everything is.
0: Yeah. And I hope everybody got that. Like, the sun symbolizes so much stuff. Like, God's speaking through creation, like I was trying to say. Like, I said that the conies bask in the sun before they start off every single day. So, if God is our sunlight, and he's our light in heaven. What do you think we're going to be doing? We're basking in it, just like the conies. Like, but even more so, because it's pure and perfect light. The sun is not even perfect and pure like that, right? Like, God is the perfect light. You guys get what I'm saying? So, I want to talk about I was going to ask everybody a question like why is the sun so important to life on earth right like I like looking at stuff from a scientific perspective a lot of times cuz guys speaking through science as well so like what does the sun what does the sun do on this earth like the pros and cons of it what would happen w- with life without the sun if the sun disappeared right now what would happen to us and everything right cuz it dictates everything <laughs> and then all of life is centered on the sun. That's powerful, right? God is the sun of heaven, all right. Or like, okay, let's just talk about it. So, why is the sun so important to life on Earth? So, one reason it is it's the primary source of energy on Earth. Sunlight is one of the most important elements needed to needed by plants in order to grow. So, we know that sunlight is one of the important elements. Uh, we know that uh, that plants use the sun's energy to make food through a you know a process called photosynthesis. Everybody knows that. But this energy is then transferred to you when you eat plants, right? Then also when you eat animal products as well, because animals, you know, the energy that the animals consume from plants that they have eaten remained in their bodies, you know, when you eat them. So so, that sounds so bad, but (laughs) you guys get what I'm saying. So uh, and then also the sun helps you to, to your body to produce vitamin D. So if you expose yourself to natural sunlight regularly, you get vitamin D. And then vitamin D is important for bone development and can prevent uh, certain diseases. Now, what would happen if life, if we didn't have the sun at all? If the sun disappeared, you know, what would life be without the sun? So the sun is a star, right? We That's not debatable. The sun's a star. It's the center of the s- solar system, right? The center of the solar system, right? So everything and every planet in the ecosystem, the atmosphere, the universe, whatever you want to call it, revolves around the sun because it's the center of everything right so if the sun didn't exist earth jupiter uranus all planet all planets everywhere will we, we'll continue to move in a form motion right and they will just fly into outer space with no direction with no order at all just just moving because right now we we move around the sun we revolve around the sun it's the center of everything so and then also, if the sun didn't exist, eventually no plants would exist because photosynthesis and all that stuff, they wouldn't get fed, right? Then earth would be cold. Man, that is so powerful. Go back to the book of revelations like, don't be cold. You no, know, I wish you were either hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, you're cold, right? You should be hot for the Lord, right? So, like, <laughs> the sun, the earth would be cold, and he, it would be so cold that eventually. Humans would die off the fastest, right? But some animals could last a little bit longer, but else everything will eventually die off. So everything will freeze. And freeze means to exist or it it would be it means to cease to exist or function. So a state of nothingness. So going back to the book of Genesis at the very beginning, it was in a state of nothingness before God created everything. And Justin, you remember we talked about Psalms 148, man. You know, God keeps everything together. He keeps everything going. He has the whole world mm-hmm. in his hands. So like without the sun... This is what life would be like. So without God, He's the Son, right? <laughs> he's the Son of Heaven, like you know. So this is so powerful, man. So life, so life application. Whatever we're trying to say, life begins with God. There will be no life without God. And the fullness mm-hmm. of life flows from the source of eternal life. You know, God the Father through the Son, right? So the water of life, the river of water of life. We talked about that with verse one, verse three. God and the Son are sharing the throne. So without both of them, too they're both the light, like I said in Revelation 22. So, yeah, so much to take away from here, man. Like, so. I think I'm good with that verse, man. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm good.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah. I don't know. Verses, though, as well. Like, I feel like we haven't said as much as we usually do, but yeah, it's. I feel like it's so, so hard to express how powerful these are as well, though, because we finally see the face of God. We're fine a perfect paragraph that's barely put into words
0: yeah man i have way more to say i just been shortening it like for example like i think verse we're on verse five right mm-hmm. yeah all right so we talked about there's no more can no more candles no more other light source no night there for guys to light right so uh One of my biggest points is is as the Bible opens with the story of paradise lost, so it is here. It closes with the story of paradise regained. All right. So they shall reign forever. That was verse five, right? That part. Yeah. The very last part of verse five says, and they shall reign forever and ever. First of all, forever and ever and ever. Like (laughs) it's continual. It's continual. It's the eternal state. It's for all eternity. Right. So that's the first one I want to make. But anyways, let's break that down. So, like, they shall reign forever. So, uh, heaven will be a place where God's people enjoy an eternal reign, right? So, in contrast to the limited duration of millennial, which was before the eternal state, which is Revelations 21 and 22, or our life here on earth, you know, this time period will never end. So, it's an eternal state, like I've been saying, but let's really break that down. So, and they shall reign forever and ever. It does not mean that God's servants will be, will have subjects under them necessarily. So some people think we'll be reigning, which we probably will. I think we'll be over the angels and stuff like that. I think that's some scripture verses we'll see. But again, we don't know like what we'll really be doing, right? Like, so everybody's confused about that. So that's just, that's just like a movie preview. We, we haven't seen the whole movie yet, right? So but we do know we're God's servants. So when we're in the New Jerusalem, that's what we'll be doing. We saw that in Revelation 22, verse 3, and his servants shall serve him. That was the end of Revelation 22, verse 3. That's what we'll be doing there. So that's what everybody would be doing. And it's not just, and it's not, we're not serving anybody else. We're just serving him, right? So I want to say that point. But then also, uh, yeah, so the return of paradise, you know, the return of Eden. That's what I want to focus on. So we see the return of paradise in the ideas of the river, the tree of life you know, the removal or cancellation of the curse, you know, intimacy restored. So we get to see God face to face, right? Sin took that away from us, right? We were separated from God because of sin, but now we're going to see him face to face and we're reigning resumed. Like now we get to reign with him the way he intended us to reign and have dominion and and function and authority, right? So it's a perfect consummation. So perfect ending and completion and conclusion of everything, right? So this is, the eternal mm-hmm. state. So I want to focus on that as well. Yeah, I think I'm done with that now. I'm ready for verse six and seven to close out.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. And he said unto, unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the Holy prophet sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must be shortly done.
1: Yeah, I mean, like a, kind of a theme of the Bible sometimes. Like when when Jesus, when people ask, um, "I am He," like uh, when Mo uh, Moses was out in the desert, like God just says, like um, like the only person. Who's able to give authority to himself is God. For usually, when we look for jobs or when we have to like present our credentials, we have differences from like bosses or higher ups. But God, like <laughs> the kingdom of God, is pretty much uh, can only be given by God. Because, so to say, say that these are trustworthy and true, like. Everything that John, these visions are being given to John for a purpose. Like everything John is writing is has been given by God because that's the highest authority who can validate it. It's, um, I guess you could say, this is like the final line in, in Revelation, the final vision in the Bible. So John, a prophet in the Bible as well. Um, because it leads up with God's Like, this is the one who's given visions, and everyone before John, like, he was given this title of God who inspires the ultimate seal of approval for like, the final vision, the final book. So, it's, he gives us two things. One, we, we can't, we we have word at face value like it's not made up it's not a hallucination like and two, we have to take it with like a lot of weight to it as well we can't like like it basically we have to treat it with the seriousness that it deserves so like that the angel has to the angel has to give all the credit to god bow down to the angel i think like twice in revelation already and the angel stopped him but now the angel is approved by, by god
0: right. yeah one question i had is why is all the book of revelation these sayings are faithful and true right all the book of we see that with that verse right here it said that and then he said unto me so there's a debate of who's saying this is it the angel or is it jesus And they're confused at who's saying it. But we do know when Jesus spoke, it's called something else, like when the Lamb spoke or something. I think that's what John said. But I don't remember. Uh, But either way, it's a debate on who's saying this. So, and he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must be done shortly. So why are these things faithful and true? Because everything that God said is true is faithful and true like god is faithful to his word and so basically because it came from the lord god of the holy prophets right so god can be the promises contained in the bible are true right and the angels authenticate the prophecies just with him making this statement right that these sayings are faithful and true so god's word or god's uh god's words or the word of god or the words that god speaks are all true and trustworthy so yeah so yeah, so this isn't too good to be true, by the way. So the whole book of Revelation, 22 and 21, may seem like uh it's far-fetched and an imaginary and all that stuff, like a pipe dream, but it's faithful and true. God's promises have been coming to fruition throughout all time, right? So it's gonna continue to do that, it's not gonna stop, right? So I just want to throw that out as well. And then also everywhere that God has uttered is true and faithful. He reveals future events to his servants, right? So we see that with Revelation 22.6 as well. And then another point I want to make is if Revelation says anything, it makes a bold statement that we can rely on the promises of God. They are indeed solid promises, right? So, all right, so I think I honed that in pretty good. Now Let's talk about this, though. This is the main part we need to talk about. So uh, these things which must be done, behold, I come quickly. Right. So we're still in Revelations 22, verse 26. So the things that God is showing to his servants through John and other prophets must be short, must shortly be done. Did you guys see that must be shortly be done? So the word must indicates that none of the things of Revelation will happen by chance. Right. And they are all preordained before the beginning of time and will take place exactly according to God's will. So regardless of what things may look like god is in control and will work things out according to his plan so john reminds us of the suddenness of the things of these events right and so jesus himself breaks down in with a a reminder to all that he is coming quickly right so a few questions for you guys why does it seem that it has been so long right and was jesus wrong here when he said that he's coming quickly right Well, the word quickly in ancient Greek basically means suddenly. So the early church expected Jesus' return to be soon. So were they wrong or misled when they believed Jesus, that he said he's going to come quickly? And the answer is not at all. You know, they were not wrong and they were not misled by Jesus. Because this is how all Christians and all believers should be living. We should all be living in expectancy and in Uh, anticipation that Jesus can come at any moment. Because I got a question for you guys. How would you guys live if you knew the exact moment and the exact time that Jesus would come, right? I'm pretty sure most people would live in sin. Most people would just live it up. You know, most people would just basically party and just do and live a sinful life. And they knew the exact moment and exact time Jesus was coming, especially if it was a long way away, right? (laughs) So why even live any kind of way a holy life or anything or any type of anticipation for jesus if you know he ain't gonna come in your lifetime or anything like that so yeah so much to be taken away with that but um yeah uh yeah justin man how's your how's your audio you, you good over there i don't know if justin can hear me guys but uh, Yeah, let's keep on talking, though, man. So John in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, you know, it was written 2000, around 2,000 years ago, right? So rejoin real quick, Justin. Let's see if that works. I'll send you another another link. So Justin's having technical difficulty. He said he can't hear. Yeah, he can't hear anything. I'm sending him a link, and so maybe he can rejoin with that link. All right, so like I was trying to say, you know, John, with the book of Revelations, are all revelations that John received from the Lord when he was on the island of Patmos, right? So it happened a long time ago. It happened 2000 something years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So most of what he saw has not happened yet. But here goes a few points I have for you guys. You know, you know God may tell us what he's going to do. Uh, God may tell us what he's going to do, how he's going to do it and where he's going to do it. And even who he may use to do it, but he will never tell us when he will do anything. Right. So God has not told us exactly when things John saw will occur, but the church must always be aware that they could happen anytime without warning. Right. So that reminds me of like the 10 virgins, like God gave 10 virgins, a message and said like, well, the master gave 10 virgins, a message and said, I'm going to come back. I'm going on a trip. I'm coming back with a party. And when I come back, I need you all to be ready and make sure your oils and your and your lamps are continually, your, your oils and your lamps are still burning and your oils are keeping the lamp burning and all that stuff, right? And so five virgins lived it up and they didn't care. And then five virgins did care. They kept their lights and their oil burning. So when the master finally did come, some of the virgins lost hope that the master would ever come, those other five virgins. So they weren't ready for the master's return, right? And so when the party finally did happen, they couldn't enter. They even asked the five other virgins who kept their lights and their oil burning and going that uh, if they could, you know, light up their lamps and light up their uh, light up their lamps again and give them some oil. But they couldn't because they only had enough oil for themselves um, to to light their lamps. So you guys get what I'm saying? So we all got to live prepared, prepared lives. And that's what that verse is talking about in Revelation 22, verse six. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true And the Lord God of the Holy prophets sent his angel to show unto him service the things which must be done shortly so these things must be done shortly so we must live in anticipation and be ready for these things man so that's the message that john in the whole book of is 22 and 21 is trying to give us like it's giving us uh a reason to to uh live a holy and righteous life being prepared for jesus's return because these things can happen at any moment at any time and we need to be ready just in case jesus comes in our lifetime so yeah, can you hear us now, Justin? Yeah, yeah, I can. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah, did you have anything with verse 6? I think you missed, like, all of verse 6. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I missed a little bit. Sorry. Well, I, the biggest part of, was that I just, like, I'm glad, glad this, like, ended with this. Because, like, man, we can't do... I I did get the part where, like, just waiting for, bridesmaids, like, waiting for them to come back. Because, like, I think everything, everything in the Bible needs to lead back, back to God in some way. Even though, like, we can easily concentrate on, like, heaven, or we can concentrate on, like, like this has to be, this has to be about God. Like, this place, so we need we need his approval. We need, need his presence. We need everything from him. Yeah.
0: All right. You ready for verse seven? Yep. Ready when you are. All right. Let me share my screen. All right. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So that's what i was trying to say earlier like anytime jesus is speaking he says the word behold so like behold means like you really need to pay attention this is vital information this isn't just somebody else talking this is authority speaking here the most authority on earth god's voice like god created the whole universe and everything just from his, him speaking so behold i come quickly jesus is saying this is the lamb talking saying that i'm coming quickly i'm coming swiftly so like if you've been anticipating and waiting on jesus return he's coming and this is what the whole book of revelation is talking about it's talking about like either jesus is gonna come in your lifetime like with the rapture and everything tribulation all that stuff so like with the with the whole sky parting and everything or he's gonna come you seeing him face to face after your death by the way he's coming right so we need to all be ready why because blessed is he that keepeth the sands of this prophecy of this book, man. You want to have a happy life, you want to have a blessed life, you want to have a peaceful life. Like these are all fruits of the spirit, peace, joy, happiness, goodness, patience, meekness, long suffering. So temperance, so like endurance through trials and tribulations of life. You, you want strength through the pain of suffering of life. Bless you'll be blessed if you follow and keep it the sayings of this prophecy of this book, man. So this is what Jesus is trying to say here in verse seven. So I just, I want to start off saying that it went with verse six, so. Yeah,
1: just yeah. Right here. It's important that the phrase starts with Behold or look Because like it's That It's like saying like how Important these words are going to be It is the one Like what does blessed mean Like we were saying bless, Like a lot of A lot of things um, That we say as a blessing But like blessing is to be able to see a little more of God, or to become closer to God. So, of course, the words of these prophecies keeps the vision of what we have keep in mind, like where we're going to be when we die. Like, of course, like if you if you think about the kingdom, if you think about heaven, like you get to understand God that God is presenting. You understand a little bit more of what. God God is preparing be blessed in this case means that we see a little more of God. We see the heaven that He's, we see the life, the perfect life that He has in store for us when we're ready. Bless, like, like uh, we have to remember that blessings, especially in this case, is to be a little closer, like everything needs to come back to God in this.
0: Yeah. Man. I don't know if I told you, Justin, uh, but on Sunday, July tenth, two thousand twenty-two. So this year, me and my were was at Providence Movie Theater. You know, close by where I live in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and a guy was in our seats when we first went into the theater when we were trying to watch uh, Thor and Thunder, that new that new Thor movie, right? Yeah, and so he was mm-hmm. in our seats and everything, and I, I I just let him sit there, but I let him know that was our seats just in case somebody, if we were in somebody else's seat. And he, yeah, so we had a whole conversation with that, but then he saw a cross on my neck, and he was like, he's like, oh, he said, you a Christian, huh? And I and I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then. And so then, I don't even remember, he said, saw us all dressed up. So like, obviously we came from church. So then he was like, oh, you're a pastor. He was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so then he asked me two questions. Like, he asked me what I thought. He said, does a person need to believe in Jesus Christ in order to be saved? Or, yeah, does a person need to repent, turn from their sins, and be saved in order to make it to heaven? Right? And all he said was... Uh, All he said was basically all a person has to do is believe in Jesus. He said that they don't have to follow the law, keep the law, or just do anything. Did I ever tell you that story, Justin?
1: Yeah, you did. That was was a very
0: intense conversation. Yeah. And then my thing was, he didn't have a conversation with me afterwards. I thought we were going to talk after the movie. Like, I really want to talk because he was calling Billy Graham, Paul Washer, just any devout preacher he was calling them a false prophet like preaching a a false message because they said repent and be he said repent and be saved is a a false message he said all you have to do is believe like and it doesn't matter what you do that's what his whole point was and Mm -hmm. i mean i understand what he's saying right but if we just look at this verse right here in Revelation 22 verse 7 it says behold i come quickly blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this book of the prophecy of this book, right? Well, keep it the sands of the prophecy of this book, right? So, like, if you don't keep God's word, do you love God? Like, and if you don't keep God's word, are you keeping the prophecies like it says in this verse? And this is Jesus's words, right? Yeah. Like, what does it mean to keep, right? So, keep it yeah. means to, you know take heed, to pay close attention to what is written, right? To to practice, right? Keep, right? <laughs> so, like. How are you going to have a prosperous and a happy life if you just live in sin? Like, is that what God wants for you? Like, so, if you don't, that's not taking heed to his word, is it? Right. That's not keeping his word. Right. And so, yeah, man, there's just so much to talk with, about with that. But um, yeah, and the, I want to reiterate that part. So blessed is he that keepeth the sands of the prophecy of this book so what are the prophecies that jesus is referencing is it the whole entire bible or is just the book of revelations and i take it as both of them like they both pro- have prophecies in it so you got to yeah. keep and remember so that's another thing um keep it also means to remember so remember the words of the prophecy of revelation that is the predictions the constellations the warnings contained in this book so jesus is giving us a warning man like trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus Then the trust and obey, like obeying God, are we not supposed to obey God? Like Mm. (laughs) in his word. So like, yeah, some Christians think that, but like, I'm going to let you know, you're not going to have a blessed life. Like, yeah, sure. You can be saved and and sin. I'll I'll give you that because we all do it. But are you going to be blessed? Are you going to be happy? Like, you you know, are you keeping his word? Like it says right here. So yeah. Did you have anything, Justin? Because I never, we never talked about that really.
1: Yeah. Hmm. That is tough. I I feel in the Bible that, that say we need to abide in God and to grow with God. Um I I do think we like of course by actions we aren't saved by earning it from ourselves. it, it is the grace of saved. Like we we become children of God. In God. So I don't want to say actions bring us to heaven. I do like what is faith? Like it's just dirty it's just dirty rags. How do we show that we believe in God if we don't if we don't have anything to show for it? uplifting for Uplifting the law and the way, and uplifting the, the things that the prophecies that he's providing, the word of God is very important. Like, we don't do it like the Pharisees who Jesus called, what was it, whitewashed tombstones outside, but were dead on the inside. But, but we do it out of love. Like, we don't just go Ephesians and in the Bible to people. Like, that's not going to save lives. But leave it out. Like there are going to be times that we're not perfect. Heck, we're probably realizing it. Like that's something I'm nervous about. Is like when I go to heaven, God's. I know God's. Like the things like I messed up on. But that's the reason for grace. His intentions. Like, are we living up to who God wants, or are we? just taking the gift and doing whatever we want. Yeah. So I don't know. That is between faith and yeah.
0: I was like, you know, Revelations 22, 7, it goes with Revelations 1, verse 3. Like it's the third verse of all the book of Revelations. So Revelations 1, verse 3 said, Blessed is he that readeth, So it's good if you read the Bible. It's good if you read the prophecies and everything, right? So blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of prophecy, right? And keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So like (laughs) living in sin, do you want to be caught when Jesus returns and be in sin? Like that's a good question. What would happen in that instance? Like (laughs) that's a really good question. If you're caught in sin when Jesus comes back, what would happen? Right, like, that's a deep question. Now, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, it's interesting that the book of Revelation begins and ends with the blessing. So it said, Blessed is he that readeth in Revelation, verse one, and what I just read. And it says, Behold, in Revelation 22, verse seven. So the last book of the Bible, Behold, I come quickly, blesses he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So, man, like one of my points is, you know, the blessing is not on the one who spends all his or her life trying to figure out the images and figurative. Language in the books of the Bible, right? Or the books of Revelation. The blessing is on the one who obeys his teaching, right? Another point I had was you know, it's clear that Revelation was not given to satisfy our curiosity about future events, but to provoke God's people to demonstrate appropriate behavior and character by making us more like Jesus. Like, this is how we should be living our lives, trying to. to be holiness unto the Lord. It should be engraven in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, right? Like we've talked about in this whole entire video, man, we should be faithful, right? God is calling us to remain faithful because he's coming quickly, right? Behold, I'm coming swiftly. Like, it keeps on reiterating that all through the book of Revelations, right? So, like... (laughs) Yeah, man, like, you just have to live in anticipation that he can come at any moment, right? Another point I had was we assure ourselves of God's blessing by studying and applying his word, especially as revealed in in Revelations. So, like, it's just so much to take away from just Revelations 22. Like, it's going to say this again. This ain't the first time we're going to say it. But it's crazy how often it's going to say, Jesus is going to say in Revelations 22, the very last book of the Bible, I'm coming quickly. i come at any moment. Be ready, like you know, like behold, I'm coming, like you know, he's coming, like does that mean he's coming right now? Like you know, no, like but he can, right? So like, yeah, man, that's how we gotta live our lives, man. Like you could die at any moment, or he can come at any moment. Either way it goes, like life's here is short. So like when we're in heaven, we're gonna think it came swiftly. We're gonna think it came quickly, even though it took a while, right? Because we're we'll already be there. And this is what the whole point is. You need to live with the end in mind. Like, stop living like you're going to live forever. Stop living like Jesus is not coming back. Because he is, right? Yeah. And there's rewards waiting on us. This is all book of Revelation 21 22. We're trying to store up treasures in heaven. We're trying to live a holy and righteous life, pleasing God so we can receive rewards, so we can show God how much we love him, so we can uh, show just if you love me, keep my commandments. That's that's the scripture verse, right? That's what Jesus said. Jesus also said, yeah. like, you know, uh, faith without works is dead, right? So you gotta yeah. you gotta have these works, man. This is just it's fruits that show you'll know them by the fruits. That's what Jesus said, right? So if you don't have these fruits, this is basic fruit that every believer should have, following and obeying his teachings and his words. If you love the word that much, that's that's what you would do, right. So yeah, there's just so much to take away from this, man. But yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm good. But there's one verse that really holds in verse seven really well. Did you have anything else, Justin? Yeah, I I do I do kind of wonder about
1: the uh, it soon as well. And like you do kind of, it, it does make you wonder, like, man, how soon is the disciples thought like Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. But, man, man, it's... But, like, none of us know. Like, all we can do is, like, wait in anticipation. I I feel like there's no rush. Like, like it's going to come at God's timing. Like, all we 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 don't need to try to figure out, like a lot of people try to do. Like, it it just shows everything, like God is. We have to trust Him and just continue to live the lives that he wants us to learn like we don't need yeah. to raising around waiting for our reward we need to like keep, keep working in Him of god as much as we can here on earth
0: yeah man one good point i think it's the say with verse six and seven is like there won't be time to get ready so you have to be ready and this is what jesus is trying to say when he said behold i come quickly like you won't have time to get ready in that moment he's coming quickly He's he's there. Like, <laughs> how long will it take him to rally up everybody with the legions of angels? You know, like yeah. it's not like you can just get ready in the moment, like because <laughs> is that true faith? Like, would we faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Like, it ain't faith. You got to see Jesus. It's like, yeah, I believe now. Like, no, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. Right. So Jesus is saying we need to all get serious. Right. So if you're a true believer, you're already serious, man. Tomorrow's not promised. You're already doing what verse seven said in Revelation 22. But then also I want to say this verse. This is really to paint the picture. In Matthew 24, verse 42 to 44, this is what Jesus said. He said, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up, right? Therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, right? And that's in death, or that's him coming back and taking everybody, separating the wheat from the tear, the sheep from the goats, separating his from his, the people who aren't his, right? The saved from us. So you guys know what I'm saying? So man, the hour will come when you do not expect him, right? And that's for everybody. And that's even deeper than death, In in the end times that could be with a job loss, that could be, you know, when your career ends, that could be when you don't work any longer. Like nothing lasts here on this earth. You gotta be ready for bad times. You gotta be we gotta live prepared lives as believers, not just it's with every arena in every situation, right? You gotta be ready for everything to be taken away from you. Will you still love the Lord? Will you still serve Him? Like life, this is life for a believer, man. Like, so. Yeah, man, you got to keep watch, right? You got to be prepared, right? If if you don't keep watch, if you're not prepared, you know, you wouldn't have suffered. You're going to suffer a loss, right, Uh, with your house. Your house is your temple, your body, your soul. Like, you're going to suffer a big loss, right, if you don't live in anticipation. Because it's going to be broken into. Because the thief is Satan. And he's looking to sift you as wheat. He's looking and coming to try to steal your joy, your happiness, your peace all that stuff, which comes from God, which is God, right? He is peace. He is happiness. He is joy. So, you're not going to get to experience the eternal heaven, the new Jerusalem, if you don't live with this anticipation. So, man, it's just so many ways to look at this verse, man. Like, I didn't do a good job cause I didn't read verse 6 and 7, man. Like, there's so much more I want to say with that, but I'm I'm good, man. Yeah. me
1: No, I feel like you did a good job. Yeah. I think that's all I want.
0: Yeah, But the end of the lesson, I do want to say this, you know, like a little invitation to Christian discipleship. Like that's what they call an Church. <laughs> 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 a little <laughs> invitation to Jesus. Like, oh, go ahead, Justin. No, I was saying I like that. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I want to this. Is one of my main points is, you know, space has only been reserved for people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We'll see in Revelation 20, verse 15, it says, and whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So you don't get to experience the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, the new world order, the perfect world order, how the world should have been before sin came. You don't get to experience this goodness, right? This perfection, right? That we, me and Justin have been talking about. If your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life and your name can only be written if you believe in jesus right so jesus has told us that he's coming back right over and over again he's promised that he's returning and it is written this is what verse six and seven is saying so this is comforting especially in the world that we live in today you know there's so much turmoil yet we don't have to fear as believers right because christ is coming back the only question is will you be ready for that right and so yeah, man, there's a song that my church used to sing. you know, I pray we'll all be ready. I pray we'll all be ready. I pray we'll all be ready for his return. Right. And it talks about how, like Jesus said, like, you know, the story that Jesus told, you know, two people were sleeping in the bed. Two people were in a harvest field. Two people were in a church and then one of them vanished away. Right. So are you prepared for Jesus's return? Right. So and I pray we all will be, man. But. Yeah, and you don't. You guys get what I'm saying, man. So yeah, Jesus is the only way, man. This is the whole message of Revelations 22 and 21. So yeah, that's all I got to say. Justin, you have anything else, man, to end off? No, I just like uh,
1: I just like a lot about this chapter. Back to God, we need to remember that, like we're going to be sustained by God. This new jury side, like it, it's given the seal of approval for God. So like we can. And i know that's just how we we need to that's like the theme of the bible too like everything is for the the price was paid for us but it's so we could live with god right
0: mm. yeah and man that add that leads to uh another point we demonstrate our trust in god by embracing god's invitation to enter the fullness of god's kingdom and the only way to enter is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So Jesus is the resurrection and the life, like me and Justin talked about with John 11. Like, you don't get to, ex- and Terry talked about it as well with us. So you don't get to experience eternal life. You don't get to experience the new world order, the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth, if you don't believe in Jesus. Because he is the reason why you're, you're going to be resurrected, and he's going to be the reason why you have eternal life, because it's in his hands. He paid mm-hmm. the price, right? So... Yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you guys. So I pray everybody enjoyed Revelations twenty-two, verses one through seven. Thus far, we still got a bunch more verses to come. So hopefully we can get through that so we can hurry up and get to Nehemiah. Cause whoo, we get to Nehemiah, Justin, I can't wait to talk to you about that, man. So all right, yeah. all right. Make sure to go to our social media pages, man. Like all our content, comment, share all our content. Man, I got amazing, I got an amazing Instagram page and Twitter page. So you guys need to go to it for real. And like all my stuff follow and be friendly on facebook man dm me if you got any questions you want me and justin to do videos on or on any questions that you have or talk about any scripture verse like and break it down send us the verse through dm so you can message us on message me on my facebook or linkedin because i'll see it on there in my instagram even but don't message me on my twitter i get too many messages on that so all right so again guys uh, I got a playlist, Revelations 22. You can find our videos that we did on Revelations 22 on my YouTube channel, upload past crossroads as well. And then make sure to go to Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs, like all his videos, comment, share, and uh, watch all the videos all the way through, by the way. And then be friend him on his Facebook page, Justin Lee Howell. You can DM, DM him as well, so direct message. All right, guys. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. You guys have a good one. Me and him about to get some rest because we got work the rest of the week. So, all right. Peace out, guys.